title of my message today, and you're going to have to stay with me, and I'm not going to keep you past time, are the ITES, I-T-E-S, chasing you? And you're going to find out what ITES are. I have sometimes some ITES that are chasing me, and we're going to tell you what to do. Amen? So the title of my message are the ITES chasing you. And uh, I, I would dare say that, that there are some ITES that are chasing you in this hour. So let's pray and we're going to get started. Father, we come to you in that mighty name of Jesus and we give you glory for your word. I thank you, Father God, as we confess that we are who you say that we are and that we can do what you say we can do. And though there may be giants in the land, hallelujah, we are well able to overcome them because of you, because you are our strength. And Father, I thank you for this word. I pray that you would anoint me to Give it with clarity, with simplicity, with practicality. And I pray, Lord God, that every one of us would have ears to hear, that we would receive this word today and go out and be giant killers in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Second Chronicles, if you would, chapter 20. And we're going to start in verse 3. I'm going to read quite a bit here, so stay with me. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together and asked help of the Lord. Even out of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in the heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people, before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for the name, saying, If when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom, would, uh, whom thou would not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. And then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mathanahiah, don't you love those names, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, for thou king Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeriel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. 
And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites of the children of the Koahites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to pray, to sing, and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to, destroy, to slay and destroy them, and when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. Amen? Jehoshaphat here was the king of Judah. And then there were these armies, three armies that were coming against him. And in the natural, it looked totally hopeless. How many of us have ever been there? That it, sometimes it looks hopeless in our lives. And, and Jehoshaphat knew that his army could not defeat those armies that had come out against him. So what did he do? Look at verse 3. He, first of all, he said he, he was afraid. He feared. But then he set himself to seek the Lord and he proclaimed a fast throughout the, the land. So he, he prayed. He called a prayer meeting. What am I going to do? How many times have we been in situations and, and things come against us and we get on the phone and say, what am I going to do? And these people on the other end of the phone say, I don't know what you're going to do. You're in a mess. But see what Jehoshaphat did. And Jehoshaphat needs to be an example to us in this. He sought God. And he called a prayer meeting. And he prayed. He called for a fast throughout the land. And notice in verse 6 that he didn't start his prayer meeting by telling God all the problem. Now we need to let him know the problem. But you know what? God knows our thoughts before we ever ask. And we don't need to just keep coming and coming and coming with him with a problem. There comes a time that we just praise him for the answer. Hallelujah. Because he, when we ask, it moves the heart of God. If we're walking upright before the, God, before the Lord, then he hears our prayers. So he came in verse 6. Look at it. It says, And the Lord our God, uh, he, he said, O Lord God of our fathers, Art not thou God in heaven, and rules not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? And then he goes on, clear down through verse 9. He was, he was telling God, are you not an awesome God? Can you not get us through this mess? Can you not cause us to be victorious? That's what he was reminding of the Lord, to do that. You know, sometimes when I'm in a... In a situation, I remind the Lord, Lord, I'm a giver, I'm a tither, I'm faithful. My heart is pure and right before you. And so, Father God, this is not too big a problem for you because your word says that you are the God of impossibilities, that nothing is too difficult for you. With you, all things are possible. And I begin to speak these things out of my spirit man. Why? Because God needs to know who he is? No, God is God. He knows who he is. But it helps me. It helps to reinforce me as to who he is in my life. Amen? 
And so we speak those words out. I remember when Gail and, and Brad were in college. Brad was in, in, in Arkansas at, at um, wherever he was, uh, University of Central Arkansas. And Gail was at Oral Roberts University going through nursing school. And nursing school was very, very difficult for her. Everybody said, oh, Gail is so smart. No, Gail wasn't all so smart. She was very disciplined. But her ACT was just an average. I think she passed it uh, on the every time. She took it three times trying to get it higher. She passed it with a 24. So just a very average student. But she was very disciplined. And she desired to do well. And so she would call sometimes and say, Mom, I just can't do this. I would rather flip burgers at McDonald's than to have to put myself through this anymore. I don't know that I can do it. And just to hear her, her dad and my's voice saying, Gail, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ, Gail, because he strengthens you. And, and, and Gail, you ask him to bring to your remembrance everything that you need to know concerning those tests. The Bible says in James, if any of you lack wisdom to ask. So I said, we're going to pray for you. There would be times I would be on my face before God, praying for Gail and, and, and seeking him and, and asking him to encourage her. And a scripture would come to mind and I'd just write it out on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, and it might be the very thing that she needed. So we had to stay ahead of the game there, you know, to confess the word over her. And long story short, she graduated summa cum laude with a 4.98 from Moore Roberts University Nursing School. Was it easy? Absolutely not. While everybody was out, out was, else was out and, and having fun and, and partying or whatever they did, the girl was home studying because she wanted to do well. And she did. Not by her might, but all because of God's word in her. Because she would, would she, she did all that she needed to do in the natural. She studied. She was diligent. She did everything she needed to do. But then there comes a time that you just have to stand and trust God. And, and, and she would encourage herself by reminding her of uh, herself of who she was in Him. She was the head and not the tail. She was more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He's given me wisdom. I can do all things through Christ. Everything I set my hand to prospers. He is a very present help in a time of trouble. See, we need to have those things on the inside of us because there will come a time, and we're in a time, saints, that the battle is raging. The battle is raging. We're going to have to pull up some of that stuff that's on the inside of us, and we're going to have to start talking to ourselves. We're going to have to start speaking the Scriptures to ourselves so that it will increase faith in us and we don't just fall down and play dead. Amen? Just like I said last week, there is something that, that we're going to have to do and we can no longer say, Oh, devil, go. Get away from me in the name of Jesus. No, we're going to have to cut his head off. You know, he is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's exactly what he's going to do as long as we Christians don't know and understand and exercise the power of the living God. He is an all-powerful God. And I believe that we, as a part of the body of Christ, I believe the body of Christ as a whole has not a clue of how awesome he really is. Because if we did, there would be miracles happening. If we did, every seat in this place would be filled with souls that need to be saved, with people that need to come out from among the world and come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, with people that are desiring to plant their feet on the solid rock of Jesus and to get help in this hour. Amen? You know, we can give lip service to it and we're all guilty of this. 
But do we really understand and do we really, really know just how powerful our God is? Because when we get in a bind, what do we do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, we should never be in a panic mode. We should never be in a panic mode. We should just say, God, you know my need. This is my need. I need food or I need shelter or whatever it is I need. And you have said in your word that you are my provider. So I'm trusting and I'm looking to you to meet that need. Amen? He is an awesome, awesome God. And He hears our prayers. And there comes a time that we need to worship Him. We need to, 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 to remind ourselves of who we are in Him and what He can do for us. And He says that we're an overcomer. It's like, yeah, I'm an overcomer. Well, what does it do? It just makes you want to stick your chest out a little bigger and say, take that one, devil. This is what the Word of the living God says about me. So I want to encourage you that there's promises in this Word about you, that God has promised things about you. And we need to find out what those promises are. Why so downcast, all my soul? We as Christians should not be downcast if we really put our trust and put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and I'm preaching to me. You know, every sermon I preach, I preach to me. Verse 15, look at it. Right in the middle. It says, Be not afraid nor dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So we try to do things in our own strength, and then the pressure is on us to perform. The pressure is on us then to win. Well, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. We can all get in to that mode. And then we get weary. And then when you're tired, what happens when you get tired? I get the cries. I went in the other night after I left work here. It was late. And I went in to, um, uh, to, to see a friend someplace. And she said, how are you? And I said, I've had the cries. I said, and I'm tired and that doesn't help matters. And she said, you need a hug. So she hugged me and, and, and we were okay. Amen? Amen? But sometimes when you get weary and you get tired and and you, you know, things seem to just come in and overwhelm you instead of looking to the Lord God Almighty and what He can do. We get our eyes on me and the problems and get them off of the promises of God and who He is in our lives. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah 40. Are you getting something out of this? Isaiah 40, look at verse 28. Has thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Now see, this is what I should have been confessing the other night when I was so tired. He gives power to the faint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Look at verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. See, the battle is not ours. It's God's. 
Now, Jehoshaphat had his part to play, just like we have a part to play. We just don't sit down and don't do anything. You know, I couldn't have prayed for Gail and Brad when they were in college. Had I known that they were out partying and running around and never getting up and going to class. But I knew my kids. I knew they were diligent to do their part. And so then, you know, there comes a time you just have to thank God that he's doing his part in their lives. And so I knew that I could expect provision from heaven when I prayed for them because they were doing their part. And if you are doing your part, if you are doing all that you know to do, then Jehoshaphat can be our example. Then you begin to praise him. You know, if you don't, uh, we have people coming and, and, and wanting money for food. Well, do you have a job? No, don't have a job. Well, the Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Right. You know, do something yes. to... to to, to uh, have God have something to work with, to allow God something to work with. You know, we can't expect to pass our test in school. Gail couldn't expect to pass in school if she wasn't diligent. But because she was, there were promises from the word of the living God that she could stand on, and God showed himself mighty in her behalf. Amen? And it's the same with each of you. When you are diligent and you do what you're supposed to do, then God will show himself mighty in your behalf. You can't just sit back and do nothing. You can't, you have a part to play. But all the time you have to understand that the battle is God's and not yours. You do everything you know to do and then you rest in the Lord. Don't fret about it. Look at verse 16. Oh, I'm still in Isaiah. Let's go back to Second Chronicles 20. Verse 16, Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they came up by the cliff of Ziz, and you find them at the end of the brook before the, wil- the wilderness. And then verse 17, it says, You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. So he told him to go down. But he told him not to fight. What did he say do? Stand. You set yourself. And you don't be moved. You get into a position, he said, and you just watch what I'm going to do for you. That's what we need to do. God promised Jehoshaphat that he would see the salvation of the Lord. He would see his strength and his power. And Jehoshaphat would see that God would deliver him from his enemies. And then in verses 18 through 20, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and he began to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. He praised before the enemy was defeated. Uh Uh-oh. He praised before the enemy was defeated. And then he thanked God ahead of time for the victory. You know, when Gail and Brad were going through this stuff in college and uh, I, 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 it wasn't just for right then. God, I thank you that you've given her wisdom that she is going to pass this test. I thank you that she's going to come out smelling like a rose when she graduates in, I think this was her third year, uh, and, and next year. And just see, you have to get ahead of the game. You have to look toward the future. We can't just live in the here and now because we have got to be prepared for what we're expecting Hallelujah. And while there is a preparation in the natural realm, there is a preparation in the spiritual realm as well. And that's why we have to know the Word and speak the Word. So God thanked 
uh, or, or Jehoshaphat praised God before the enemy was defeated, and then he thanked him ahead of time for the victory that was his. 1 John 4, 4. Turn there if you would. First John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. That's something, if you don't learn any other scripture, you need to learn that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater. Greater. Do you know how big our God is? He's greater than anything that might come against us. He's greater than any trial. He's greater than poverty. He's greater than sickness. He's greater, He's greater, He's greater than anything that will come against us. And so what are we going to do? Verse 21 tells us that Jehoshaphat sent praisers out before the people. I mean, but, but, but ahead of the army. Prayer partners, you are so vital. Amen. You are so, so important. And if you're not having a quality time of prayer at your house every morning, shame on you. If you don't walk with the Word of God continually on your lips and continually in your mind and in your heart, shame on us. Prayer partners, you coming into an agreement. You know, one thing that I have so missed about pastor is every week we would come into agreement concerning the finances and concerning the people and concerning the the operation of this ministry. And you know what? We believe for a great big bunch every week. And guess what? We got it. And so I've missed that. We could come together and pray together and believe God together because our hearts were so knit to one another and to the vision of the house. And it's important that husbands and wives, or if you don't have that, then you find someone that you can agree with in prayer and that someone that you know is going to stand with you and that they're going to pray until the hair comes off of their head if that's what it takes. And then they're going to praise God for the answer. Amen? Amen. Is that what happened to Ron? Is that what you're punching him for? Sharon reached up and punched Ron, I guess because he's been praying. See, there's evidence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we need to get into prayer. And we need to really know. Don't just come to Him in a time of need. He's a very present help in a time of need. But that prayer must always go forth. And that praise must always go forth. Oh, this morning I woke up and I said, Oh, how I woke up praying in the Holy Ghost. And then I got up and I said, Oh, thank you, God, for the service that you're going to give us. Thank you, Lord God, that the battle is not ours, but it's yours. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God, that we can pray and that we can praise you and that you know our need before we ever ask. I pray for increase for every one of these people at Word of Life Church. I thank you for the family center that I can see out there. Hallelujah. I thank you that they're going to get in agreement with that family center. I thank you for the faith promise, glory to God, that's helping to keep missionaries on, on the field all over the earth. Praise and praise Him. For what's going to come forth. I thank you that there are souls that need to be saved in this church. There are many of you that raised your hand that said you know of people that are lost. So bring them. They're going to have an opportunity to come to know Jesus. Amen? 
we pray, we praise Him. You know, Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving unto God, we let our requests be made known unto Him. And I just preached on this a few weeks ago as I was praying about this. And, uh, and you know, I preached on overcoming offenses last week. And how many of you have had an opportunity to go to Home Depot this week? <laughs> There's one. How many of you have had an opportunity to go to Home Depot? If you were here last Sunday night, you'll know what I mean. You know, sometimes we just need to go to Home Depot, buy some lumber, build a bridge, and get over it. So every time that offense starts to come, just say, well, I think it's time for a trip. Go out to Home Depot, get lumber, get some lumber, build a bridge, and get over it. Amen? Don't you take those offenses because it will ruin you. It will ruin you. So I preached on holiness. I've had that message on offenses ready for six weeks. And God never would let me preach it. And there were times I was busy and I'd say, God, let me preach this one. It's already done. So I preached on holiness for four or five weeks. And then on Thanksgiving, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And as I was praying about this the other day, I said, God, why, did I, why could I not preach on offenses yet? And he said, because... Had to have, be, be holy. Had to get our, your hearts, our hearts right and pure before God. And then the people, you all had to, to, to give me thanks in everything. Not for everything. In everything. In every situation you find yourself. Because that helps to keep your heart right. And now you have to get rid of offenses in your life. And now... You can stand your ground and know that the battle is mine and not yours, says the Lord. So see, it's all a progression. God knows what He's doing. And so we just need to follow Him and obey Him, And even though we don't understand sometimes. But we continue to praise Him. Colossians 2, 15, this is a powerful verse. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. Glory, Glory to God. You know, we didn't continue on in, in uh, 2 Chronicles, but there was a spoil that was waiting, and it took them three days to gather the spoil. There was so much. You know, the, the people became, they started killing each other in this battle. And we have a spoil Saints, that's waiting for us. It's salvations. It's healings. It's deliverance. It's joy. It's peace. That's the spoil that we have when we will learn to stand our ground and not be moved and know that the battle is His and not ours. Jehoshaphat is a good example for us to follow. Sometimes the ites get after us. Oh, the ites. What are the ites? The disease ites. Not the, it's not the Ammonites and the Jebusites and the Mosquitoites and all those ites, but it's the diseaseites. It's the fearites. It's the stressites. It's the povertyites. It's the what am I going to doite? How many of you ever had an ite chasing you? Now you understand the title of my message. We all have. Sometimes the stressite can come after me. Why? Because I don't trust God enough. I can't believe you just said that. Well, it's true. It's true. Because if we really trusted God to be all that He is in our lives, 
then we would be able to what? Roll the care and roll the burden over on him. Why? Because he cares for us. Instead, we just, you know, we want to flip and go out like a light bulb sometimes. The depressionites, the ites. You know, we can't focus on the ites in our life. We can't do it. Because when we do, they're going to overwhelm us. We're going to be buried underneath those ites if we focus on them. What did King Jehoshaphat do? At first he feared. And then what did he do? He decided he better seek God. So he began to seek God instead of, instead of focusing on the Ammonites and the Moabites and all those other ites that were up against him. When he saw them, fear came to him. <gasps> what am I going to do? I'm outnumbered. But he didn't let the ites run him off. He decided to pray. Oh, that's a good idea. Let's pray and ask God what he would do. Let's seek God. And then let's praise him. And then the Lord said, Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. The battle is not yours, but mine. So see, don't let the ites chase you. Find scriptures that you can stand on. For years after we went into the ministry, I had a scripture. I actually think Candy gave it to me. It was on a little heart. She made it one time with her Sunday school class. It was just a little heart of a piece of plywood from CL's Construction Company. And in red letters it said, I am a very present help in a time of trouble. And I had that on my mirror for years. I had it there. Reminded me every time I looked in that mirror that he is a very present help in a time of trouble. Amen? Amen? Those are things that we need to know. The fearites could have overtaken Jehoshaphat, but he decided to seek God. He wanted to know that he, he wanted to hear from God. So he called a, a, a prayer meeting. He fasted so he could get his flesh under, so they could hear the voice of God. Oh, when the ites are after you, saints, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed because his promises are yea and amen. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. His word is true from cover to cover. He is who he says that you are. You are who he says he is. And you have what he says that you have. So don't let the ites come after you. When the ites become after you, then you stand. You find scriptures to stand on. You begin to pray and seek the face of the Lord. And you begin to praise Him for who He is in your life. And then you take your position and you stand, hallelujah, and you see the salvation of God in that situation. That's what a God will do for you if we really believe that He is who He says that He is. If we really believe that He is who He says that He is. How many of you believe that God is God? We haven't even begun to touch His power. We have not even begun to touch His awesome power. The other day I got something on, I think it's from my cousin, on email. A lot of those things I just, I don't have time for, but this one... It was called Brown Bag, Brown Bag Christmas. 
And it was about a family in Kansas in the, the dirty 30s. And they, these children, they had nothing. They lived out on a lonely road. And the children kept saying, what are, what are we going to get for Christmas? And the daddy would say, nothing. We have nothing. We have no food. Nobody even knows that we're out here. We have nothing. And so he said, don't even wish. You know, don't even, don't even think that you're going to get anything. Because you won't. And the children said, but I believe that God will hear our prayer. The mother had said, pray, and God will hear your prayer. And so they prayed that they would have things, they would have food, different things. The mother just kept saying, just pray, and God will hear your prayer. So one night, they saw headlights coming. And they were all, the children were saying, oh, here's somebody. The daddy said, don't worry about it. They're on the wrong road. Nobody even knows we're out here. Nobody's coming to see us. This car pulled up and had sack after sack after sack after sack after sack of groceries and things for that family. Now, I can't remember how that came about, whether this man was in town and, and, and the Lord put this family on their mind and he said, there's a family out here and I, I, I don't know that anybody even knows they're out here. God touched his heart. And so he went around town and gathered up stuff. They had a brown bag Christmas because everything was given to them in brown bags. Why? Because of a mother's faith that prayed and knew that God was their supplier. And a God that didn't want their children to be disappointed because they didn't have anything for Christmas. That's the kind of God that we serve. Most of us have never experienced that because we have so much. Most of us don't pray when we're sick. We get on the phone instead of going to the throne. We get on the phone and say, can I get an appointment? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I've got a doctor and a nurse in my family. So I thank God for them. Thank God for doctors. But he's our all in all. He's the one that's going to supply that healing. Doctors and nurses are wonderful tools. And I thank God for for my son-in-law, David, and for our daughter, Gail, who's a nurse. I thank God for them. But they're human. God knows your every need. He is an awesome God. He knows what you have need of. So we need to pray. And we need to praise. And then we need to stand our ground. And not be moved by our circumstances. Not be moved by the ites that are trying to come against us. You know, when trouble comes, we have a choice of what we're going to do. Like I said, are we going to run to the phone or are we going to go to the throne? We need to develop a habit of going to God. Develop a habit. Well, that's kind of funny. She said develop a habit. You know what? It, it, it's, you can get out of the habit of coming to church. Just miss a couple of times. Oh, man, bed felt pretty good. Why? Because your flesh has such a strong voice. So we need to develop a habit of running to God. 
because he has a plan for our situation. He has a plan before we ever ask. He knows what we need need of. He is not in heaven because we're going through a trial. He is not in heaven and fretting and running around in a tizzy and wringing his hands saying, what am I going to do for them? He has a plan. So we need to be like that. We need to keep our focus upon Him. We need to focus on the awesome power of God. We need to worship Him and praise Him because He always has a winning battle plan for us. And we might not can always see that, but He sees it and He sees way beyond. Amen? Now the people in... In Second Chronicles, they knew that they had no might against their enemies the, the, in that war. They didn't know what they uh, were to do, and they, didn't have, they needed to have their eyes focused on God. What does focus do? You know, when you're taking a picture, everybody says, make sure it's focused. Well, what does it do? It doesn't make you look fuzzy. It brings things into clarity. And when we have our focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ then it brings him into clarity with all of his power, with all of his might, with all of his awesomeness of what he wants to do in this place, in our lives, in this community, throughout the earth. It brings him into a greater clarity when we focus on him. But we're over here on the phone focusing here and then, oh, thank you, Lord, for the answer. And then we're running about running here and running there, and he's kind of fuzzy out there. We haven't brought him into clarity. So we need to focus on who God is in our lives. We need to have him ever so clear before us. I think as a, as a, uh, a body of Christ as a whole, We just don't understand his awesome power. We see it on the foreign field. They saw it in Honduras. I've seen it in Africa before. Why not here? He is an awesome God. He is who he says he is. And he can do what he says he can do. So saints, it's time for us to take our position. It's time for us to stand still, to know that the battle is not ours, but it's the Lord's, and we're going to see the deliverance of God in our lives. We're not to fear. We're not to be dismayed. So what's our position? Trusting God, and then we enter into His rest. And I don't have time to get into that. But there's a rest of God that we as Christians enter into. You know, it's easy to commit ourselves, delight in Him, trust in Him. Oh, but sometimes entering into that rest can be difficult because most of us like doing things in our own strength. We think if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. So we take our positions and we stand still, putting all of our faith, doing what you know to do. Don't just sit back and not do anything in the natural for your part, like studying or working or whatever it is. But then you trust God with everything within you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord God, that Jehoshaphat is a good example for us to follow. 
I thank you, Father, that he set his face like flint. He took his position and he was not moved. Father, I thank you that we as Christians will be just like that. That we will pray, we will praise, and then we're going to take our position and we're going to see your salvation in our midst. Hallelujah. We're going to see that you are who you say that you are. That there is no lack in your kingdom. So, Father, I pray for every one of these in this congregation that we would truly know and understand your awesome power. Father, my prayer is that you would show yourself real to every one of us in an awesome way. And we give you praise and we give you glory for that. I don't think we had any first-time attenders, but if you are here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you want to surrender your entire being, your entire life unto Him, now is the time. Is there anyone at all that would like to surrender their heart to the Lord Jesus? If it's you, then please raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Okay, if you have had an ite chasing you, I want you to stand. And I stand with you. If you have had an ite that is chasing you, a disease ite, a poverty ite, what am I going to do ite, a stress ite, a fear ite, whatever it might be, God is more than able to move in your behalf. Amen. So as we pray, I want you just to pray and lift that before the Lord, knowing that you're not to fear and that you're not to be dismayed. For God is an awesome God. Father, I thank you for every one of us who have stood before you. I thank you, Lord God, that you have all power over these ites in our life. And Father God, as we walk upright before you, I thank you, Lord God, that you are well able through, and, and that we are well able through you to overcome these ites that are chasing and nipping at our heels. I praise you, Father God, that you are our provider and that you provide for all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Lord, and remind the, th- those of us that you are a very present help in a time of need. I thank you that you are an awesome God, that you've made us the head and not the tail. Hallelujah. That we're more than conquerors in you. So, Father, I pray right now that every one of us would know your awesome power and that these ites have to go in Jesus' name, that the greater one is within us than he that is in the world. So I thank you for every one of these, Lord God. Thank you that as we take our position and that we stand, we will see your salvation in our behalf. And we give you praise and we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. And everyone who is victorious said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We do have a public confession. Vanessa, her little girl, this is Esther. And she got saved on Operation Go. And she, oh, she received the Holy Ghost yesterday. Yeah, hallelujah. How old is Vanessa? Eight. 
eight years old, and she is downstairs. They were here Wednesday night. So we thank you that you came. We're excited for your new life in Christ, and we're, I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to confess publicly. You know, the Bible says that if you will confess him publicly, then he will, if you will confess him before men, that he will confess you before the Father. So we're thankful for the new life that you have. You. Congregation, let's stand and let's pray for Esther. Would you repeat after me? Father God, I come to you now in Jesus' name, and I thank you, Lord God, that I am saved by your blood. I thank you for the life in me. I thank you, Father God, that old things have passed away, and all things have become new. I confess you, and so therefore I thank you that you're confessing me. Before the, Father. before the Father. I thank you for my new life. I thank you that I am saved. I thank you that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. I am an overcomer. And I thank you, Lord God. I purpose in my heart to follow you all the days of my life. And I give you praise for saving me. I love you, Lord. And I thank you for the life that I have in you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.